Keeping it real and raw with Patrick Tremont. Hi, everyone. I have a very special guest. He's actually a superhero. His name is Jeff Jackson. Thank you, Jeff, for being here. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm doing amazing, and I'm so glad that you came on the show and to have a conversation with me because we've been friends for a little while now, for a few years. Yeah, God, it's almost coming on five years, my man. I know, I know, and it's been great and amazing. And so, but I met you at a uh, at a in uh, I can't even say it at an event, and uh, and so and that's what I kind of wanted to lead with today. It's like um, you were playing like a superhero, and there was a lot of other uh, people there that were dressed as superheroes too. And y'all call yourselves Misfits Studios. So tell me about that. How all that came about. <laughs> Well, first I got to correct you. I wasn't playing a superhero. I was the superhero, you know, Thor, <laughs> Thor God of Thunder, the strongest Avenger. He's, he's the mightiest Avenger. He's the most <laughs> handsome Avenger. Right. <laughs> he's the best. That's who I was. So, I mean, it, it's not just your average run-of-the-mill superhero. Come on, it's Thor. This is true. This is true. I stand corrected. You're, you're always the superhero <laughs> every day for many. <laughs> So, yeah. So tell me about, uh, so tell me about the, uh, Misfit Studios. Cause I, I know that there's like a really good story behind this and how it all came about. Well, it's a little longer story, but it's a good one. So years ago I started dressing up, uh, for charity events. I worked at Easter seals, working with individuals with disabilities and they had their annual fundraiser. And my wife and I, my wife wore this little cheap Halloween Wonder Woman costume because she looks like Linda Carter. She looks like Wonder mm -hmm. Woman. And, and myself, I always loved the flash. And so I, I threw on some spandex tights. I threw on some shorty shorts and I threw on a flash t-shirt with a cape. And yes, before anybody out there calls <laughs> me out, I know the flash doesn't wear a cape. Okay. Right. Um, it was just fun. It was cool. And, and the clients loved it. The people loved it. We had a lot of fun. My nephews and niece were there with my, my own kids. And it, it was just a blast. Yeah. And years later, I, I started to not really get into what, what is known as cosplay, you know, for the cons and such. It was just, I, I like being goofy. And so, um, but I got together with a, with a group of people and I, I heard that there was an organization in the area that started doing that kind of stuff for events and charity events and kids. And so I met with them and I talked and there was already a guy on the team who did flash. And one guy looked at me and, and who's actually my, one of my close friends, like a brother and me, Ben Yetter, and you've met Ben and mm -hmm. Ben does Spider-Man and he's been doing Spider-Man for over 20 years. He's and a great guy. He is such a great guy. And, and Ben commented and said, Hey, you'd make an amazing Thor. You know, Thor is huge and you're, you're huge. You know, you, you're six, five Thor is big. You've got like 18 inch biceps, you know, you, you're a big guy and you could be Thor. And, and I, and I started in the process of creating the, the Thor character and, and creating the suit and studying him more from my childhood love. I mean, Thor was always one of my top characters. The flash was always my favorite. And, yeah. and as time went on, we, we were a part of this group and then, each of us kind of, we moved into a different group after there was just some changes and some things that we maybe didn't like that another group was doing here or there. And, and it just came down to the day that Ben was like, I want to start my own group. And, and he goes, will you, will you co-found it and start it with me and help out? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I just feel like we don't belong in a lot of these other groups because we're just so different and we have different views and we really just care about mm -hmm. making an impact and, and, and bringing he these heroes to life. 
not just dressing up in the suit and then wandering around and you look like them. We have to be them. We have to think like them and talk like them. And we want kids to think that we're real. Right. They want to, they want to touch, you know, my hammer is 20 something pounds, solid metal. It'll smash a brick. And we want kids to be able to feel the hammer and go, Oh my goodness, you're real. Wait a minute. And, and look at us. Is that hammer really real? I mean, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen Over, it. I mean, I can fly with it. I can strike oh lightning God. with it. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I can't really do that, but I, but I can smash a brick with it. It yes. is solid steel. It is wow. heavy. And it, it's fun when kids will come up and, and touch it and look at me with these big eyes and go, Oh my God, that's real. And it's yeah, like, they think it's a piece of plastic, you know, yep. but it's really not. They, it's not. And, and we go for that. I mean, during some events, I mean, three, four hour long events we do, it's, it's tiring to carry around this 20, 30 pound hammer, right. hold it over my head, holding it out. Just, it, it weighs on you, but it's, it's what we do. It's what we strive for. And so when, when we brought about Misfit Studios, we brought about that idea that that's what we're going to do is we're going to, we're not going to have your Halloween costume off of the shelf. We're not going to have your, I'm not going to be a 350 pound Thor who everybody looks and goes, wow, Thor needs to lay off the burgers a little bit. I'm going to be in the gym. I'm going to be working out. I'm going to keep the persona. We're going to, we have accents. Uh, ben actually did one time. He, um, because of the population we were serving with iHeartRadio down there in, in Beaumont, mm -hmm. uh, we, he decided to bring his Black Panther that he had made. And he spent hours upon hours working on the Wakandan accent. Mm -hmm. so that he could be as real as possible for these kids. Oh, y'all were excellent. Um, Everybody loved it. Well, thank it. you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, we're we're currently in the process of becoming a full-fledged nonprofit organization, but we do so much. We've we've had contracts. Like I said, Ben's been doing this for 20-something years. Uh, we work with our local zoo when they do their Halloween functions called Night Eyes at Blank Park Zoo. And mm. so we'll do we'll do the characters there that kids wait in line forever for. And um, National Night Out with our local law enforcement, we'll do those events. We again, we work with with iHeartRadio. We've we've done so much just across the state of Iowa, across the Midwest, across the country. And uh, right now we've actually got a lot of now that COVID's kind of starting to knock on wood, die down. Mm -hmm. we're, we're getting back into, we've got contracts with Walmart. And so when new stores do openings or, or whatnot, we're there for them. We're there with Pepsi and we're just there for the local charities. It's we, if we, if we do charge, if there's a, a large organization that, that has a budget for appearances and they want to pay us, we'll take the money in and we'll turn around and donate it to charity later. Yep. That's wonderful. Um, if they're, if they're a charity organization like Easter Seals or, or like um, we have a, our Kids Fest, which was similar to the one down in Beaumont, if, if we have those type of events, we turn around and, and, and tell them and say, hey, we're, we're there for free. Right. You know, we're there if, if, if we need to and you need us there and, and you know, we're, we're there for free for you because yeah. that's, that's what we're here for is we want to, again, make that difference, make that impact. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one story, though, Patrick, of, of probably the, one of the most impactful, all of them are impactful, but one of the most impactful events we ever did, kind of an unofficial, was I was, I was working in my, my full-time job, and I had a, a colleague reach out to me and say, hey, there was a little boy five years old in our area here in Iowa that died of cancer. Mm. And he wanted, he loved Thor, Batman, and Spider-Man. 
And he wanted, he, he said he knew he was going to die. And he knew his cancer was progressing. He wrote his own obituary. He planned his funeral. Oh he wanted five bouncy houses, one bouncy house for each year he was alive. And he wanted superheroes there. And he says, I also want to have the same funeral that Thor's mom had in the movie Thor Dark World, which is a Viking funeral where the body or the ashes are put in a boat and somebody launches a flaming arrow into it, sets the boat on fire. That's a traditional piece. Mm. And she goes, do you know anybody who's an archer? And I said, no, but I know somebody who's Asgardian. And who's, who can, you know, be there. He wants an Asgardian funeral. I know an Asgardian. And she's like, who? And I was like, yours truly, of course, my friend, come on, I've got this. And and she put me in touch with the parents and the parents started bawling their eyes out and said, yes, please be there. It was a 110 degree day. That is no exaggeration. It's a 110 degree day, but myself, Ben Yetter and our friend Dale, um, who did Batman, all came out in our suits, sweating our brains out, played with the kids, hung out. They wanted it to be a celebration. And then we went hand in hand with these kids down to the the pond. They did this on this farm pond where they had his ashes and a boat and an archer that was going to do all this. And our job really was there, being there for the family. We made his little sister, who was a little older than him, laugh. And it was like, that is what we, when we walked away and we, Spider-Man, I was jealous of Spider-Man because he could ball his eyes out and nobody could tell. Right. Thor couldn't be standing there crying. So I had to hold it in until the end. And when we got to our vehicle and I was crying my eyes out and I said, you know what we did there was this little girl is always going to look back on the fact that she doesn't have her little brother anymore mm-hmm. and that he's gone. But she's also going to remember that his funeral was a day that she laughed so hard yeah. and had so much fun. And that is something that we wanted to bring. And to me, that was bringing heroes to life. Mm, that is a, uh, uh, that's a beautiful story. I mean, I'm like nearly in tears here. Okay. I, I, okay. Um, thank you for sharing that. And that, absolutely, that, that's a wonderful, wonderful story and a, and a great thing y'all did. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to go for it from here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well um what well, now i know that you know besides working with misfit studios you also do another organization that's called improv olympics so tell me about that well so i i did for briefly i've, I've actually got college friends who have actually been through improv olympics been through their training so improv olympics in chicago is actually io is where most of saturday night live alum Many Second City alum, many, many of the the famous people. Dana Carvey came through Improv Olympics. Um, Chris Farley went through Improv Olympics. There's just there's a lot of talent that comes out of that, and I believe Will Ferrell even might have. He might have been Second City, but uh, it, it's a great place to go. Sharna Hepburn is the founder and one of the heads, along with Del Close of Improv Olympics, and there's they wrote a wonderful book. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's on the art of improv and, and the whole theory behind, you know, yes. And, you know, you never want to say in, in improvisational comedy or in, even in theater, you never want to, you know, shoot somebody's idea down. If they come up and go, I'm a walrus. You don't want to be like, you're not a walrus. You're an elephant. You just, you right. killed the scene for them. Yeah. You want to be like, yes, you're a walrus and you have a toothache. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, well, now they have something they can work with. You right. Know? right. And so, 
I did an imp- I did a lot of improv in college because I struggle with following a script, and that's just <laughs> my own personal flaw. <laughs> right. And so I, I upset enough directors in the world that I left the Kelvin Theater Company, and I I went into to the work of improv, and I, I took an improvisational storytelling class in college. And it was led by Mary Jane Paurice, who came out of Second City, and she was a big name in Second City world, and then she became a professor. And she got us the opportunity to go to Improv Olympics in Chicago for a day for a workshop and meet Sharna Hepler and be trained by her. And, and I wish I could say it was a, a wonderful experience that I didn't cry, but I did. And it was simply because Sharna called me out on a scene. And I thought I was this awesome, amazing, outstanding, you know, I was the greatest thing to ever hit the world of improv. And I did a scene and I sang poorly in the scene and she looked at me and she stopped and she goes, I'm sorry, I heard you walk in today and you were singing and you have an outstanding voice. And I said, well, thank you. And she goes, you just failed right there in faking that you couldn't sing. She goes, truth in comedy, be Mm. truthful. It's funnier to be truthful. She goes, you could have sung an improv song in your amazing voice, but don't downplay it. Right. And I, I got mad at her and I went over and I cried. I'm like, I just got chastised by Sharna Hepler in the phone. <laughs> oh my goodness. And um, she, she was sharing with us that, you know, sometimes during improv Olympics, which is a, can be a year long program that people, you know, can get in and go through the training and perform And she said, you know, sometimes we have some of our alumni stop by. And during that day, while we're there working, Mike Myers shows up and decides to play some games with us. And the man is just as funny in real life as he he is on on the screen, on the big screen. And he's throwing in names and he's throwing in characters and he's he's throwing in voices. And it's just. It wasn't long. He didn't stay with us for long. Again, it was a it was a good long day workshop for us, but he was on his way through. But it was a chance just to be able to meet, to watch somebody, and to realize that when you see some of these greats, you know, I, I even mm-hmm. think of of you know again the Chris Farleys of the world or even the Adam Sandlers. It, that's their personality. Yeah, it's not that they're putting on a show necessarily. It's just who they are inside. And when they're doing improv and they're doing comedy. It's just them getting to be goofy. And that's, you know, it it really goes full circle back to what I do with Misfit Studios as Thor. You know, what I started out doing with with just wearing tights and funny costumes was just to be goofy. Just letting people realize it's okay to be you. It's okay to be goofy. This, This world is hard enough when you're trying to be somebody you're not. Right. Just be goofy. Yeah. And I, I used to tell my youth pastor back in the day. Um, I remember standing in a parking lot with him, Jason Olson. He was a wonderful mentor in my life. And I sat with Jason Olson one day and he goes, Jeff, what do you want to do someday in your life? And I said, I want to be a big star, whether it's a track athlete, whether it's, it's a musician, whether it's, you know, what actor, whatever it may be, I want to be big because I want to be able to tell other people it's okay to be you. And I want to be able to make an impact in their lives. I said, I don't want to be big and famous for the money or the fame. I want to be because I want to make the greatest impact. Right. And it was probably about a couple years ago when uh, doing this with Misfit Studios, my friend Ben actually got me connected. So we actually do appearances for Marvel. 
actually for Marvel. Marvel has has flown me around the country, brought me around to different areas. Um, he, they do that with Ben, and, and we get to go to various cities and be characters in the official Marvel I even, suits. I, I did not know that. Yeah, it's wow. it's it's a lot of fun. I actually just had to turn an appearance down here because we'll be on family vacation this summer that I was I was a little sad about. Um, <clears throat> but we do these great appearances through Marvel, and then even as we do, and it was the day that I sat down, and I started thinking about it, and and I was chatting with some friends, and and they had said, you do realize that you're living out exactly what you said you wanted to do to your youth pastor back years ago in that parking lot. Because it may not be me that is famous. Right. It's Thor. It's the God right. of Thunder. Little oh, kids yeah. know Thor. Little kids. I, I did a wrestling event for Marvel. And this this little girl, this girl was about to wrestle. And, and I was down on the mat. And I was talking, high-fiving, doing photo ops. And this little girl came up to me. And I looked at her. And I said, are, in the great, my great Thor voice, I'm like, excuse me, little one, are you, are you okay? And yeah. she's like, yeah, I'm just... I'm really nervous. This is the semifinals and I've, I'm wrestling this girl that is really good and she's already beaten me once. And so I just don't know if I can do it. Yeah. And I looked at her and I said, little one, it's not about whether you win or lose. It's not about necessarily, you know, how great you are. It's that you gave it your all. <laughs> even, even as the mighty Thor, I'm scared sometimes. I'm nervous. I, I wonder if I'm doing enough. I, I wonder if I'm making the greatest impact. And I said, but the reality is... All we're asked to do is give our greatest, give our best. Mm -hmm. That's something my father Odin once taught me. And I, you know, I'm staying in character and, and, and I said, but I believe in you and I believe you can do it and you give it your all. It was later in that event, she came up to me holding this giant trophy yeah. and her dad was with her and she ran up and hugged me and she was maybe seven, eight years old. And she ran up and hugged me and goes, Thor, I did it. I won. Oh. And I just won the championship and I won overall and I'm trying not to cry again. And she's like, I did it. I did it. And I said, I told you, I told you, you could do this. I knew you had it in you. And her dad came up to me and goes, I tried to tell her that. Yeah. But I guess it had to come from Thor. Oh my God. See, now that is a wonderful story. <laughs> I like when you do these stories. My God. This is like, I should call this episode heartstrings, you know? <laughs> I love it. No, it's, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, I like when you do your voice, you know, like, Oh, mighty one, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I'm also you need think, a little work on that, Patrick. Do no, I? Okay. No, I mean, I do. I, I'd have to like really be all this manly voice, you know, but, um, Anyway, so talking about being, you know, your pastor, you were a youth pastor for 12 years, wasn't you? I was, like absolutely. Wow. That's, so I that's bet. what started me off in my career was I, I wanted to, I really felt a calling and I really felt that I wanted to make an impact and I wanted to do what my youth pastor did to me and be a, be a mentor to others and be an impact and to kind of just, you know, I, I'm not the kind of person that in my job, I can just sit back and make money for nothing. Right. I, I want to, at the end of the day, know that I gave everything I had in me to make an impact. Yeah. And when I wake up in the morning, my motivation to get off the bed is I need to go make a difference for somebody, whether it's my family, whether it's the community, whether whatever it may be. And so I, I spent 12 years in the ministry and I eventually left um, a lot of reasons. But one of the main ones was the, the, the community I was serving went through a string of seven suicides in a year and a half wow. in the same school district. And I had to help facilitate a couple of those funerals. And I was a, a key counselor in the school 
through a lot of that and it just eventually took its emotional toll that I said, it's, it's time for a change. Yeah. I, I couldn't continue it, but my heart is still there. I still, the work that I do is to better things for kids and to, yeah. to make an impact on my full-time job. And then also as, as the mighty Thor, <laughs> right? The mighty Thor. And I, I keep thinking you, the thing from the, from the get go, you mentioned you had just had to mention those 18 inch biceps, didn't you? You know, <laughs> well, of course. I'm thinking here, like, okay, he threw that in. <laughs> oh, so, of course. Yeah, because I mean, you it's work out about 18 a lot. And a half by now, Patrick. Oh, it's about God. 18 and a half now. But oh, Lord. Don't brag. Don't brag. Because I look like Danny DeVito. <laughs> you know what I mean? And here you oh, are. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and you're over Please. here just looking great. But you work out a lot, don't you? Pretty much. I do. I do until probably about two, two and a half months ago, I tore a tendon in my, my, my forearm. Oh, um, no. that I'm, I'm rehabbing and healing. And, um, in fact, quick, funny story. I, and a, not a sales pitch. Maybe, maybe it will be, maybe they'll become a sponsor of your show and, and pay you lots of money, Patrick. But, yes. uh, um, the center app founded by Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. So I, I use center a lot during through COVID when we couldn't go to gyms and, um, just to, to kind of maintain, stay in shape. And then I really use his program to build up and to be in Thor shape. And it, it's a wonderful program. It works great. And I, I messaged the center folks the other day and I know it wasn't going to be Chris to respond, but it was, I messaged the center folks to let them know how much I appreciated what they do. Mm. And, and they were asking, they're like, Hey, share us with your stories, you know, whatever. And I, I messaged them privately on, on Facebook and I said, Hey, I said, I just want to thank you for what you do. And I said, you really helped me through the pandemic. You've helped me with keeping my persona and some of my goals. And I shared some pictures of me as Thor. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, you know, this is why I do it. And I kind of briefly explained a little bit what we do and with misfits and, and what I do. And they wrote back and they said, we were very confused in your message because looking at the pictures, you look like Chris Hemsworth. Oh yeah. I've, and I literally was like, I, I, I wept, I wept. I was like, it, it, it was almost as good as when my two and a half year old son, Blake, uh, looks at a picture we have on the wall of Chris Hemsworth when I met him yeah. and I point to me and I say, who's that? And he goes, daddy. And I point to Chris and I go, who's that? And he goes, daddy. And I was like, that's right, buddy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'll take uh, it all day. <laughs> oh my God. Your family is so precious too. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> oh, family. Thank you. Y'all, y- yes, y'all, y'all really are. And um, I'm truly blessed. I'm and truly now, blessed by them. But now, yes. And uh, so, but you do all these things. And I don't know how you find the time to be a musician and a vocalist. And I know you have some music on iHeart, right? Or um, on Apple. Yep. I have some on iTunes. It's also on Amazon. I used to, I used to lead a lot of worship in in churches. And then I used to, every place I ever was, I had a band, Um, sometimes made up of students, sometimes made up of friends. My, my dear friend, Todd Weinberg was one of my first drummers and he just passed away a couple of years ago to cancer. And, um, he was a best, he was one of my groomsmen in my wedding. And, um, we did a lot of music over the years together and, and even, you know, other friends, I, I do a lot of music, my, um, just various times, you know, my, my grandfather's 80th birthday, I wrote him a song, although my family still gives me a hard time about it because the song was like eight verses and went on for like 20 minutes. And, um, it's like November rain on repeat. It's, it was, it was a little long. Mm. I gotta admit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it I actually beautiful. have a, re- yeah, it was, it was a great song. It was, he and I used to play battleship. And so it was, uh, you sunk the battleship in my heart was kind of the concept. Um, 
yeah, I, I've got a recording studio here in my my basement in my home that I built. But then I also I actually had a recording studio for a brief time here in Des Moines. I'm an actual like building location and uh, worked with a couple of local artists on producing some of their music and yeah. And so it's been a and 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 yeah, you and I you know off off camera and off audio before I've talked about when my mother passed away in 2020 to cancer. Oh yes. Um, that night after she died, I couldn't sleep and it just this song just came out as the easiest song I ever wrote it came out in five minutes time and it was it was something just beautiful to share and to be able to have that that heart behind it and so um, my son Blake is being baptized here uh, this month in May this coming month I should say and uh, I haven't played much since my parents died but I'm getting back into it for them but also for him because he has such amazing talents that I really want to bring those out in him right well you are a phenomenal musician and vocalist and everybody needs Thank to you. go and listen to that right there on iTunes. Seriously. So what did they, what, what did they put it, in Jeff Jackson? It's, it's under Jeff Jackson. And I think the only song that's left because iTunes eventually times things out and they're old oh, okay. um, is it's, it's called, can I be? And the story with, can I be is actually beautiful. If you, if you want me to share it, I'm happy to share it. Yeah. Um, my, my great aunt Hazel had passed away and left some money and my mom gave it to me and goes, go live out your dream. Do, you know, do you do what you want to do. And I, I had just written, can I be, and I reached out to my friend, Phil Zock, who was in formerly a member and still is now again in the band remedy drive, one of my favorite bands of all time. And he's like, Hey, I've got a studio here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Come on out. And so I went out with my best friend, Shannon, we went to Phil's studio and his brother, Paul, who was also in the band Remedy Drive, um, they, they got together and I said, all right, Phil, this is, this is what I want. This is, and we, we spent an entire weekend, 14-hour days working on the song Can I Be. And so the song Can I Be that is still on iTunes and on, on Amazon and, and iHeart and even on Spotify is, um, was produced by Phil Zock. And, and also myself and many of the musicians that are playing on there was Phil himself and, and Phil. So the really cool story with Phil is Phil had a vocal surgery at one point from his entire music career. He started to get some nodules on his vocal cords. And um, basically they had said, they're like, if you ever want to sing again, we have to do surgery and you have to go silent for three months. Oh, wow. You're not allowed to talk. And he had just gotten married and he, he always shares the story in some of his music that, that he does, his album Arrows and Sound, which people need to go pick up. Phil always shares the story about how he doesn't get to, he doesn't get to tell his wife with his own words that he loves her, yeah. um, you know, every day for three months and he can't talk. And when he, we were recording this, out, this song, Phil jumped on some background harmonies and some vocals. And it wasn't until we were done and produced it that Phil goes, this was the first time I sang since having vocal surgery. Wow. And having my, thir- my, my three months of silence. He goes, this is the first time I ever sang and flexed my voice. Mm. And I was like, I'm honored. I'm yeah. honored that in the background right. when you hear some of the echoing of, can I be? It's Phil Zock. And it's, it's, it's amazing. And so it's like, that was, that was a great collaboration that I will yeah. always hold near and dear. I'm going to have to go and check it out. But I can tell you what, there's no way. And I don't, <laughs> if anybody who knows me, three months silence, I don't think I can keep my mouth <laughs> shut. 
I don't think I can keep my mouth shut that long. I'm telling you, you know me. I'm your, a talker. Your husband may want you to, but yeah, no. <laughs> I know, right? It'd be like, oh my God, please shut up. You know, <laughs> I think there's a, probably a lot of people out there who's just like vocal surgery or not, just be quiet, you know. But anyway. <laughs> no, nobody says that. And if they do, send them for the great mighty Thor. I'll, I'll back you up. Mighty Thor with 18 inch biceps. 18 well, and a half, but whatever, whatever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, you have to throw that in. Oh my God. Well, um, uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm over here cracking up. Well, I just want to say that we have been friends for such a long time. And then one of the visits you, that you had when you came here to visit and coming to the, you know, the charity function that y'all came with, with, uh, Misfit Studios, you had given me a, a book at one point and it's called Moving mm -hmm. Mountains by John Eldridge. And I, yes. and I have it right here, uh, you know, right here on, on my bookcase it's right here behind me. It's a special, special gift. And I always wanted to tell mm. you, thank you so much for that. Because that book is really inspirational and it's really wonderful. So, and it was just a great gift right out of your, from your heart. So thank you. I just want to tell you. You that. are so welcome. I you are it. so welcome, my friend. And, um, but you know, it's been, it's been wonderful. It's, I'm so glad you, and okay. First of all, Wes, I want to put you on the spot. Yeah. I, I'm, I would be so honored that in the future, whenever you can come back on again, if, if you can make like a little jingle or something for my show, you know what I mean? Like, or <laughs> sing or something like that. I might, I think I might need you to uh, do like a tagline for me as Thor. You know what I mean? And say, listen to real and raw. <laughs> I think it would be challenge. So I know. Challenge accepted. I got this. Yes, yep. it'd be so much fun. So anyway, well, thank you for being here today. A lot of great stories, and you know, you're such a a, a fantastic human being. So thank you for oh. thank you for being here. But um, y'all can everybody can catch me on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify podcast, Instagram, the Real Patrick Tremont, and Facebook page, Real and Raw with Patrick Tremont. Also, you can email me for questions or comments, Patrick Tremont at Outlook.com. Jeff, thank you. It was an honor. Thank you oh, for being here. It's the honor is all mine, my friend. Like I said, this is this this is a celebrity meeting I am doing right here <laughs> virtually. So this is this is fantastic. I'm, well, I'm nervous. I'm sweaty, and I'm the mighty Thor. I mean, I don't get nervous, but come on. Right? Oh, I wouldn't call great myself Patrick Tremont. Come on. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm nowhere near a celebrity, but you know, for today, I humbly take it. Thank you so much. So <laughs> You're so welcome. All right, man. It was good talking to you. Thank you for being here, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me, Patrick. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. It's been Real and Raw with Patrick Tremont.